You know, all summer, Pastor Paul, thank you again for having me tonight and next week, next uh, Wednesday night, same time, same place. But I just felt like I want to, um, you know, with the, this summer, we had an awesome summer. How many of you were here this summer and you sat in some of the meetings we had? They were awesome. And you know, the whole summer, the theme was about revival. But you know, sometimes we just, we just had a whole summer where we had revivalists and messages on revival, but it doesn't have to end there. And too often, we just see it as an end when really that should be the beginning of something. And I believe that's what Pastor Paul's heart was to use those meetings, to use, to build an atmosphere, to stir up something in us, to just uh, create a, a thirst, a hunger in our heart for more of God. Because I believe that's when revival, revival can happen one person at a time, in one heart at a, at a time. And so that's why we've got to create a, a hunger for more. And you know, I see very often, I've, I went through even a period of what I would call the spiritual frustration, or sometimes I call it like a spiritual uh, a dissatisfaction. You know what I'm talking about, so maybe some of you, where you feel like, what's wrong with me? Uh, you feel something here. But I discovered, thank God, that that is not God frustrating us. It is God inviting us to go higher or to go deeper. It's a Holy Ghost invitation for more of God in our heart and in our life. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for uh, to go a little higher with God, to go to another level. Amen. And I know if you hear, I'm preaching to the choir, because if you're here tonight, you're like the cream of the crop, I can call you. You're here on Wednesday night because you want something. You're hungry. You, you want more than just the nominal Sunday morning to, to do your little B, you know, good deed and get your little brownie points from God. No, you want to go a little further. So I just pull my hats to you. Amen. And that's the kind of, of, of heart that God looks for and wants. People that say, I want to press in for more. And I'm so glad that I'm going to have, I have two Wednesday night so I can build on something. And there's been a message that's been stirring in my heart for like, little while. I haven't completely got it out yet, but hopefully next Wednesday night, it'll come out. So believe with, believe God with me, amen, to get whatever it is that has been stirring and just kind of like a little good French meal. You know, you cook it slow for hours. Well, hopefully it'll come out really good. Hallelujah. So tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because Paul sent us a big warning. And you know, our, our, our theme, our text for tonight will be in Ephesians chapter 5. So if you don't mind turning there with me, in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, in verse 15, Paul says, See then that you walk circumspectly. Well, it's a big word that really means wisely, really watching all around and being aware of what's happening around you. Uh, see then that you walk uh, wisely, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. How many of you have become aware that the days are becoming quite evil? I mean, here is a nation founded by Christian for God to worship God. And we have now a government that's done everything they can to take God out of this nation. And it's becoming darker and darker and more and more evil. Where things where 50 years ago would have been like, oh, you know, uh, 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 would have been uh, 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 awful. Today it's like, no problem. And Paul is warning us and he's saying, be wise. Watch around you what's happening. Be aware of what's going on. Don't be, because the days are evil. I like even in, in the book of Timothy, Paul even is very specific. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 5, Paul says, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, 
boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having even a form of godliness, but denying its power thereof. You notice that even these, it's talking about even people in the church. But you, you see right here that Paul is sending us a warning. He says, be wise. Watch or be watchful. See what's happening. He said, because the days are evil. And then he says something really interesting. He says, do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting here that in context of the days are evil, Paul is sending us a warning that we will keep ourselves from the corruption of the world, from the leaven of the world, from what's happening around. We will keep ourselves unspotted, like James 1.27 says, he says, pure and undefiled religion is to visit widows and orphans in the time of trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And Paul here tells us, be wise because the days are evil and we are in the last of the last days. He said, so this is what you need to do to keep yourself, to be wise and keep yourself in this world unspotted and strong and fulfilling the will of God in your life, be ye drunk with the Spirit. And I like that, that be drunk here, it's not be drunk one time. It's be ye continually drunk. But isn't it interesting that Paul used the word drunk? Now here, I'm not in any way condoning that drinking is okay. This is not what I'm saying. Neither did Paul. But here is making a parallel that is quite interesting. Why? Because what does it mean to be drunk? Be drunk means to be saturated, to be under intoxicated or under the influence of a substance. Here, alcohol. Could it be that Paul here is telling us that in these days that we live in, we've got to be wise and we've got to stay continually filled under the influence and totally filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting that here Paul here used that word drunk. He could have used any other word, but he used that word drunk. We know that in the Bible, very often when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about water, we'll talk about, you know, oil, but we'll talk also about wine, the new wine. Amen? And so here Paul talks about being continually drunk with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he, us believers in this time that we live in, in order to be connected to God, in order to be able to jump in the river and go when there is that move of God, we'll just be so prompt, so ready, so uh, uh, propped up, so completely yielded that we'll be able to move with the flow of God and with the revival. Glory to God. But why did he use the word drunk? You know, because I believe that there are attributes of drunkenness or, or expression. When you see somebody being drunk, you can tell, can't you? It's not, you know, when somebody is really drunk, you know, in my BC, before Christ days, not proud of it, but, you know, I've seen a few drunk. I've had a few drinks myself. And I, I, I can tell when somebody is drunk under the influence of alcohol, you can tell. And you know, one of the things, and to not, let me say it this way, you know, to not let it be an assessment of where we are. Because Paul said, be wise. You know, the days are evil. Be wild. Know where you are. Be continually, continually filled with the Spirit. We need to know tonight, are we filled with the Spirit? Because we all will be very quick to say, oh yeah, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I got filled and, and we think that this is it. But Paul is not just talking about us, just 
praying in tongues once in a while. He's talking about living in the spirit, for walking in the spirit, flowing in, being so full of the spirit, you know, and I like it. That, you know, let me, yes, Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, he said, you know, in Ezekiel 47, in Ezekiel 47, he's talking about the river of God, the river that is flowing from the throne of God. And if you read all of Ezekiel 47, you find out that when the river flows, there are those that are just sitting on the, standing on the bank and looking the, the waters flow. There are those that are stepping in that are, will be just ankle deep. Then those who will go a little higher or deeper that will be to the knee, those that will go to the waist. But there are those that will go so deep into the river that they got to swim and they have to let the river carry them where it wants to go. In another word, they're out of control. And they're allowing the Spirit of God to direct them, to move them, to, to take them where God wants them to, to want to take them. In another word, uh, being filled, completely filled with the Spirit is coming to the place where we are no longer self-centered. We're just centered on ourselves, but we are becoming centered on God, on the Spirit. So let me close this per- little parenthesis. And we're talking here about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So tonight we need to find out, where am I? Am I just sitting on the bank? Watching others getting blessed and getting moving with the Holy Ghost? Or am I going tippy-toeing in the river, putting my little toe in there? Or am I going ankle or knee-deep? Where am I? So tonight, it's not going to be a message of condemnation, not at all, but an assessment of where are we? Find out, Lord, am I, am I really filled with the Holy Spirit Or do I think because I just speak in tongues that everything's going to be okay? Amen. So how can we tell where we are? How can we tell if we're really filled, continually filled, and I'd like to say even possessed by the Spirit? But it's a good Spirit. How will he know? And that's why Paul says, be drunk with the Spirit. Because when somebody is drunk, they do things, they say things, they can't even know what they're doing. And one of the first expression or demonstration of somebody that is drunk is they're full of joy. I mean, that's what we say, you know. I remember, you know, in my, those days, long ago, you know, if you wanted to have a good time, you would always invite the guy that you knew was going to get drunk because it will be the life of the party. Because you knew he would make everybody laugh. You always had one of those. You, you know what I mean. Some of you don't. Thank God. Thank God. That's a good thing. But I remember. And you know, and here is the thing. If you walk in life with, you know, because thinking, you know, I'm following Jesus. So you're so tense. You're so, praise the Lord, sister. Well, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost because I don't know about you, but when you're drunk with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit, there's something that's going to bubble up. It's called the joy of God. And you know, the Bible says in Psalm 2, 8, that God sits on the throne and he laughs. And so if you are in Christ, seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father, filled with the Spirit, that's going to be joy. You might not even understand the, the joke, but at least laugh with God. Yeah. Glory to God. Being drunk in the spirit, one of the first expression is you're going to be filled with joy. That's one. You know somebody who is filled with joy, you know, not just when you say a good joke, but they, that's their temperament. They're filled with joy all the time. You can tell that somebody who's got the spirit of God in them. You know, the Spirit of God brings joy out of you. And you know, here it's more than just, oh, I'm a happy person. The Bible says that he's poured on us the oil of gladness. The Bible also, so why? Because the Bible says in Nehemiah, it says, the joy of the Lord shall be your strength. You see, some of you are spiritually struggling. Well, You've got to stir up the joy of God that is in you. 
You've got to stir it up. I remember, you know, I was in my 30s and I was a missionary in India. I lived, you know, God told me go to India. So I was by myself. I didn't know anybody, but I packed my bag. I landed in India by myself. But the first two months were tough because it was so, I mean, India back then is nothing like what it is today. Back then, I mean, you didn't, I didn't have internet or telephone or nothing. I was all on my own. I remember the first two months. It was so tough. It was so oppressive that all I could do was stay in my room and pray in tongues and worship God. Worship God and pray in tongues. And you know, somebody then, I found a book. The funny thing. I found a book from a guy I didn't know. I didn't know who that guy was. Rodney Howard Brown. I didn't know who he was, but I opened the book because he was talking about the Holy Spirit. And in the middle of the book, now remember, I spent a month or two just praying in the Spirit and worshiping God. So I'm like, God, I know you called me here, but right now I feel like I'm in a tunnel. I don't see the way out. All I can feel is the oppression. All I can feel is the depression. All I can feel is all that, Lord, I know I've got to press in. So that's what I did. And that night I opened that book. I read that book and And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God fell on me. And how did I know the Spirit of God fell on me? Because I started to laugh for 20 minutes. I'm talking God laugh. Now, understand, I had no understanding of who Rodney. It's not like I had prepped myself and thinking, oh, I'm going to laugh. And kind of work myself up. No, I had no clue about the spirit of laughter. I had no clue about who Rodney Howard Brown. All I knew is I was going to press into God because I knew that in the spirit, being filled and continually filled with the spirit, that's where my breakthrough would be. And the joy of God just hit me and I said, and from that day on, things started to happen. A breakthrough happened in, in my life and ministry. And I stayed in India for one year and preached every day, every day of the year. Glory to God. You see, being continually filled with the Spirit. Do you have the joy of God? Or do, are you struggling in that area? Well, tell yourself, well, I need to stir up the joy. I need to get filled with the Spirit. Amen. Here is another expression of being drunk in the spirit is a Holy Ghost boldness. We I mean, I mean, even look, and we see at the, at the beginning when the spirit fell on the day of Pentecost. Look what, you remember what happened in Acts 2? They looked at them and said, those people are drunk. Apparently they were doing some things that made them think they were drink, uh, drunk. And Peter got up and says, they are not drunk as you suppose, for this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And apparently, they were have full of joy. They were probably, I don't know, rolling on the ground. I don't know what they were doing, but people thought they were drunk. But you know, the next thing that happened on that same day is Peter stood up, and he boldly spoke the word. He spoke the word, and he says, you crucified him. The same guy that a few days before denied Jesus three times, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, he was turned into a different man. And why is this so important today? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but the spirit of Antichrist that is in this world today is wanting nothing more but to shut every one of our mouth. It's called being politically correct. Trying to convince us, you don't want to offend anybody. You got to stay quiet. Don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. Don't even share your faith about Jesus. Stay under, under the radar. Why? Because the devil is scared of saints, of, of, of men and women of God that are filled with the Spirit, drunk with the Holy Spirit, that will, like Peter, stand up and take a stand for what's right, take a stand for the truth, and preach out the gospel anywhere, anywhere, and, and anytime. Hallelujah. That's what, you know, I believe that's when revival happens. When we are so filled with the Spirit that we said, okay, I'm full of joy. And we go in sharing the gospel with a big smile on our faith. Not dipped in vinegar like a 
pickle, full of joy. And that joy is what attracts people. And then it opens their heart for us to boldly speak the word of God. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Acts 4.29, listen to what it says. And now, Lord, behold thy threatening, and grant unto your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they all spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, if you're the type of person, you love God. You love Jesus. But you're like, you, nobody knows you're a Christian. And that means to me, you're not really filled with the Spirit. You might have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, you might have spoken in tongues, but you are not living a life filled, dominated by the Spirit. Because when you are, one sure sign and that you can help but open your mouth and tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost boldness. Mm-mm-mm. But let me say something. Boldness is not arrogance. Boldness is not brash, rude, arrogant, better than thou. No, that's not. Boldness is assurance, confidence in who you belong to and who lives on the inside of you and where you are going. But you know, here is the good things that when you are drunk with the spirit, I remember, you know, I'm going to tell on myself. I'm going to tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly. I remember boldness. Like I said, when I was in my BC days before Christ, I remember I was around 16-ish, and it was a, a, a New Year's Eve party. We were having a bunch of friends, guys and girls, who were having a New Year's party. And, of course, we drank more than we should have. And, you know, all of a sudden, there is a guy that we didn't know with a shotgun that walks in there and goes with a shotgun and I'm going to kill. And apparently that guy, you know, I don't know what his intentions are, but he was like ready to shoot. You know me? I had a few. I walked toward the guy and said, what are you going to do? Give me that gun. Don't be crazy. I mean, I'm walking toward the guy with a shotgun. Why? Because I kind of was a little drunk. I had no fear. There was that boldness, that lack of fear. That's what I'm talking about. You know, after I think about it, you know, uh, 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 somebody who is drunk, you know, they, they don't care what they do. They'll do some of the craziest thing. Have you ever seen people that are drunk? I mean, they'll walk on roof. They'll do stuff. After when you're sober, you're like, what did I do? Oh, my goodness. But apparently, when you are under the influence of alcohol, you're not afraid. You do anything, anyway, you don't care. There is no fear, but there is that boldness. That's what I'm talking about. You see, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, when God tells you to do something, you, 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 might, you, you, you do it. You do it. You'll do some crazy things. You'll do something that, you know, you're not even thinking about. You'll just do it. Hallelujah. That Holy Ghost boldness. That's where we've got to have. Amen? Unafraid. But God, you see, like I said, that boldness is not rude or brash or arrogant. And God has given us the Holy Ghost to balance things out. Remember what he says in, first, uh, in I think it's 2 Timothy 1, 7. He said, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind of self-control. In another word, the Holy Ghost will give you power, boldness, but he'll also give you love to balance it out. And in order to balance that power, that boldness, with the love of God, you need a sound mind. You need a self-control. And God is giving you boldness, but he's also giving you that love. You know, being dominated by the Holy Ghost is also walking in love and self-control. And you know, I remember 
You know, when people that are drunk, people that are completely drunk, you know, you, you, they, it, it's amazing because I had read something sometime that that guy got beat up. I mean, he got, he was so drunk, but he got beat up and he got up and he didn't even feel anything. He, he didn't even know what happened. I mean, the Bible even talks about that. Listen to this. It's in, in, in Proverbs 23, verse 35. He said, they have struck me, but I was not hurt. They have beaten me, but I didn't even feel it. When shall I awake that I may have another drink? In another word, here is something powerful. When you really drunk, hurt, criticism, offense will not affect you. You see, when you're so filled with the Holy Ghost, you're so motivated by the love of God that when somebody criticizes you, speaks against you, does all kind of crowd against you, and, and, and it will not affect you. And it's so important for us in these last days to walk in the love of God. Because even Jesus warned us, he says in these last days, you remember, there will be many traitors, Many will be slandering, traitors, hateful. There will be many unforgiving. I'm going to read it just in case. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal. In another word, there are room. There is room here to get offended. You know what that shows me? That if we have a tendency to get offended really quickly... To, to always get hurt for this or that. You know what that reveals to, to us? That we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just an indicator that we need to go get, you know, back in the river to get filled again. That we are ru- running on low. That we are running on, you know, to the bottom of the barrel. And it's so important because, you see, I discovered that in the Bible it says that one of the signs in Matthew 24, one of the signs of the end times, that there will be the love of many will grow cold. And it says many will be, you know, betraying one another and many will be offended. And he's talking about people in the church. It is crucial for us as saints of God to be, like Paul says, to be wise, to know the days we're living, to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, drunk with the Holy Ghost, you see, the offense will just, will just go right over our head. Or if it just starts to touch us, well, we'll know, let it go, let it go. Because you see, I have discovered something that that offense or that trap, you know, it's not just a coincidence. It is a tool of the devil, uh, amen, to, to derail you from the plan of God. It is a tool of the devil to, to destroy your testimony. Because you see, in these last days, our testimony is what will, you know, I believe bring and display the revival. Revival will not be done through the big one, you know, the superstar behind the pulpit. Revival will happen through every one of us. Those who say, yes, Lord, I'm jumping in the river. I'm not going to just stay ankle deep. I'm going to go all the way and swim in it. (laughs) Hallelujah. And what will the devil do? He will throw those traps, those offense, those people. And let me tell you something. Oftentimes, they come from the people you love the most. Those you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, take heed. Be careful that no one deceives you. Many will betray each other and many will be offended. And, And that word offended, it's actually the word scandalon. It's the word that is used when I went to Africa. They told me it was the word that trappers, you know, it's a trapping term. It, it talks about the, a stick that is inside of a bamboo cage attached to the cage to trap monkeys, to capture monkeys. In another word, the trapper will take that stick that is tied up inside of the cage, will put bananas tied up to it, and then... He will put it here and, 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 
And the monkey will smell the banana, get from behind the bush, go and put his hand through the cage, grab the banana and want to pull it out. But what happens? The stick, the bananas is attached to the stick, right? And the stick is attached to the cage. And that stick is called scandalon or offense. That's the term that Paul used. And what happened? The, the, the monkey wanted that banana so bad that he forgot, remember, to be wise and to watch, to be, yeah, yeah. to watch circumspectly what's happening around. He lost sight of what was happening around. And the trapper, then he refused to let go of the banana. He kept on grabbing that banana, wanting it. And soon the trapper came and just hit the monkey on the head and killed it. And you said, if only the monkey had let go of the banana, he could have lived. You say, Audrey, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? What does this have to do with your message? It has everything to do. That offense, that scandal on, is a trap of the devil to get you to grab to it. And sometimes we are not wise. We don't watch. We don't understand. And we don't let go. We don't want to let go of the offense. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what she did to me. I mean, you can come in a church. You know, sister so-and-so is right here. You'll go and sit over there. And you won't say a word. You won't talk to each other. You don't know. You know what I heard? 66% of people that leave churches, it's because of offense. Because of an offense. That should not be. If we are filled with the Spirit... You see, and here, here is the danger. People don't realize that that offense, that scandal on, that is a trap of the devil to destroy your testimony. Because the Bible said, Jesus said in John, they will know you that you are my disciple by the love you have one for another. How can you display the love of God if you cannot forgive an offense, if you cannot walk in love? Your, your testimony is destroyed. And listen to that verse in the book of Hebrew. That's pretty cool. It's in Hebrew, uh, chapter 12. In Hebrew, chapter 12, verse 14. It's a pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see God, will see the Lord. Looking carefully, Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. You know what people have said? Well, if you don't walk in peace, then you won't see God. If you don't walk in holiness, you won't see God. That's not what that verse is saying. That verse is saying, if you don't walk in peace, if you allow a root of bitterness in your life, then people around you will not see God in you. Amen. When we refuse to walk in love and walk in, build a bridge of peace and walk in love, people around you will not see God. It's silent in that Catholic church tonight. But it's true. How will people on the outside know that God is good, that God is love? By seeing our life. Why do we want to walk holy? Number one, to honor God because we love him, because we are sons of God and we have a higher calling. But also that we walk in holiness for the sake also of other people so they can see God in us. Hallelujah. And so that, that if you are really, you see, if you are filled with the Spirit, you'll quickly say, ah, forgive. You know, that offense won't even affect you. You'll say, just let it go. Let it roll. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Let me show you something, just a little history. Sometimes we see something. I'm going to do like Pastor Paul, you know, with all these gadgets and stuff. Here is somebody, we're talking about being drunk with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, so that hurt, criticism, 
Offense will not affect you, will not derail you, will not hurt you. But you'll be able to let go of it and walk. Now here is what happened to somebody when they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's pretend that's you. You're empty. You're not filled. Now when the fire comes, when the criticism comes, oh, there is the AC. Hallelujah. Oh boy. Can you see a little bit? That's why I wanted you to come closer. There is good AC in this building. I bet you your, the, the, the electric bill is good. You can see a little bit, but maybe it's my fire that is, maybe I'm lacking some fire here. That's probably what it is. Anybody here has got a, <laughs> Anybody's got a lighter? Oh, praise God. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Okay. Here it is. Man, full of holes. No, it's not going to drip. Here another word. Can you see what happened? You'll have a few holes. But here is somebody that is filled with the Spirit. I could stay here for another 15 minutes. Can you see the point I'm trying to make here? Hallelujah. You might go through the fire, but it won't, it won't hurt you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you. Glory to God. So here the, the Bible calls us to be continually, continually filled with the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. But you see, I noticed something also. As you know, when you are drunk with the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost, walking in the Holy Ghost, you become generous. Have you ever been in a, in a, in a bar? I'm not going to ask a show of hands. But you go in a bar and there is somebody who is totally drunk. Did you notice what they do? They want to buy a round for everybody. I mean, they come with a wallet full. They leave with nothing. Why? Because, and everybody is their friend. They love everybody. Everybody is their friend. They want to buy everybody. I mean, they might come with a car. They might go without a car. I mean, why? Because when you are drunk like this, the stuff doesn't matter. You know what the Bible show us? One sign of somebody who is full of the Holy Ghost is somebody who has a generous spirit. Who's somebody who is a giver. If you tend just to be a little, you don't want to let go of your $10, well, that could be a sign that you need a touch from the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, look in the Bible in Acts 2. In Acts 2, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, not only were they, were they full of joy that everybody was like, are they just drunk? I say, they're not drunk. It's, not, it's just the third hour, 9 a.m. They were full of joy. They were bold. They were not afraid. Amen. No fear. Boldness. Hallelujah. They walked in love. You, you, you saw Stephen. What did he say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing, like Jesus. Hallelujah. But they were also generous. The Bible says that they, when they were all filled, they, none of them said that what they possessed belonged to them. In another word, it didn't say that they, didn't, they gave everything away. That's not what he's saying. But they were not, there was not the, it's mine. It's mine. You know, like a little kid, it's mine. It's mine. 
In other words, they didn't have the, it's me, it's mine. You see, when you fill with the Holy Spirit, the I, the, the mine, the, you know, me, kind of, all of a sudden, it's not I, me, and myself, and mine. It's Jesus. It's the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not trying, I'm not standing here trying to, to even project that I'm like Miss Perfect and I've got all my ducks in a row. I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody here. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I'm trying to assess where are we at, you know. And I want to create in us a hunger. Because the Bible, you see, the Bible says that when you are filled with the Spirit, you all of a sudden, your eyes are set on Jesus. You become kingdom-minded. And it's not all of a sudden, what am I going to get for me? It's my thing. It's, what can I do to bless the kingdom of God? What can I do to bless somebody else? All of a sudden, you have a generous spirit where you are looking for opportunity, for places, for people that you can bless. Or you're looking for, for places where you can be a blessing. You see, that's the expression of somebody who is filled Continually filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, a generous man devises generous things, and by his generosity he shall stand. I like also what he said, Proverbs 11, 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Hallelujah. So you see this message, and, and here Paul, sends us that warning. He says, be wise. You know the days are evil. Don't be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery and dissipation, but be ye continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he tells us how to be filled with the Spirit. He tells us right there in the, in, in the next verses. He says, going back in Ephesians 5, Hallelujah. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be ye filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things, God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. In another word, what is Paul saying here? That we can get filled. You see, you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You got filled with the Holy Ghost like they did on the day of Pentecost. But now it's up to us to stay filled, to be drunk under the influence of the Holy Spirit, to be saturated intoxicated and just, you know, filled with the Spirit. How? By speaking, by making melody to the Lord in your heart, by even praying in tongues, singing in tongues, uh, uh, praising God, worshiping God. Hallelujah. Also, keeping an attitude of gratitude. You know all of that? You know what, what all of that does, really? It keeps your eyes, it takes your eyes off of the big eye, It gets you from being self-centered to become God-centered, Christ-centered. And when you take your eyes off of you and you put your eyes on God by remembering every act of, of, of goodness that he did, every gift, every, every little thing he, he gave you, everything he did for you, every act of kindness that he did, every provision he gave, every healing, every smile you received, whatever it is, little, medium, and big, when we remember to give thanks, it causes us to put our eyes on God. When we worship God, it causes us to put our eyes on God. When we sing to him, we sing in another tongues. When we pray in another tongues, it gets our eyes off of the big eye onto God. And you notice also, it's just submitting one to another. That's a sign of humility. Being humble. What is being humble? Uh, uh, the great sign of humility is, is not being self-centered but being Christ-centered again. 
Humility is being so dependent upon God, not depending on your self-effort, on, on what you can do, but on, on Jesus. So Paul said, you can stay filled continually by the Spirit of God. How? By spending time praising the Lord, spending time thank, thanking Him. Amen. And it doesn't have to be done in church. You can be done while you drive. Amen. It can be done while you're behind your desk. And you don't have to do it loud. You can say, oh, thank you, Jesus. You made me smart. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that promotion. I mean, all through the day, keeping continually being God conscious instead of sin conscious or self-conscious. You see, sin consciousness and self-consciousness will deprive you, will make you dry, will make you depend on your own effort. But Christ, being centered on Christ, God conscious on who he is, what he's doing, what he's done, it will cause you to be filled and stay filled. Amen. Dependent on God and him alone. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So you see, this message is not a message to say, I'm not this, I'm this. It's just an assessment just to see where I'm at. Lord, you know, and hopefully it makes us hungry to jump in the river, to say, you know, I, I, I'm tired of being self-centered. I'm tired just to walk moaning and groaning. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being afraid to talk to people about Jesus. I'm tired of always holding on to my tent. I'm tired. I want to live the life of God. I want to make a difference in this world. I want to be so filled with the spirit that when I walk somewhere, people said, oop, there's something. The atmosphere is different. What's going on? I don't know about you, but I heard of, you know, people like Smith Wigglesworth that walk in a train and the people would go on their knee and said, I want to be saved. Why? Not because he preached a good sermon, but because he was so filled with the spirit that is very present change the atmosphere and that is what I want I want to be so filled with the spirit that when I walk I want the atmosphere to change I want people to notice something different I want to be able to make a difference in this kingdom and in people's lives anybody here with me yeah. hallelujah to create a hunger and you know next week I pray, hallelujah, that I will get it, the message out because it's really in my heart it's been about that thirst. You know, the thirst, the river of God and developing a thirst for more of God. Because some people, you know, you might, we might all be thirsty and hungry here to go a little higher, to go a different level with God. We're tired of the just, you know, ho-ho every day the same. We want to get something we want to make a difference. We want to have a supernatural life. And you see this, when, you know for me, when I hear of people like Smith Wigglesworth, or when I hear of people that do awesome things, it's not like God branding a little carrot and saying, well, too bad, that was for him. He was special, but not for you. No, no, you know what that is? Again, it's an invitation. God is saying, I'm going to make you jealous because I want you, you can have it. Anything you see, anything you hear, anything that makes you hungry and thirsty, it's an invitation for you to have it. It's not God is saying, ah, you can't have it. No, no, no. He's saying, I'm showing you something here. I'm talking to you about something right here so you can make you thirsty. So it can cause you to go and dig and go and go a little further. And you can see that because I want you to have it. It's an invitation for you to be it, to do it, to have it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Could I have the word? Is there somebody that knows how to worship? Otherwise, I'll have to sing, and you don't want me to sing. Hmm? They're coming. Are you there? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, Sararakasin. Let's just pray in the Spirit a little bit. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Rabahashi Kichenamahasiri. Oh, Tararahasene Kyarodo. Father, you are so good. You are so gracious, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for stirring us up for higher things, for greater things, for your kingdom, to make us hungry, to make us thirsty, to just whet our appetite, to show us what we 
can do, what we can be, what we can have, who we really are. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, I thank you. Oh, le mane coria baha sede, i kiri atone masse kere, o sori e shate de casonde, o rabaha shiri etone, o line naso roshtade, i kiri holy spirit, holy spirit, I thank you, I thank you, hoje pravaha se chande, i kiri etora baha sende, i kite ekare ekanyo tore, i kise koje tane nastere, i kise tere estarede. If you are here tonight, And you said, you know what, Audrey? I realized that I was running on dry. Yes, I've been filled with the Spirit, but I've kind of been running on dry. I need to get back. I need to get back into that place of being filled, saturated. Oh, hallelujah. I've noticed that I get offended or I notice that I have lost my joy. I've noticed that I'm afraid. So if it is you tonight, it's an invitation to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm willing. I'm willing, Father. I'm willing, Father. Touch me, Lord. Lord, I just thank you. Tolevene isedio prova serie, isice cose chano cosere, isice de coso chare. I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'd like to pray for you. Lo canamane ne casere, elevene estore estarie, o serie. Come on, hope. First of all, is there anybody here you have not been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another tongue? Is there anybody here? As written in Acts chapter 2, it says that we're all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak in another tongue. Anybody here who is not filled? Raise your hand if you're not filled with the Spirit. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit? No. You are. Okay, I saw your hand. Hallelujah. Okay, so I take it that everybody, you are filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in another tongue. But you are coming here. You are filled with the Spirit, brother? Yes, okay. Hallelujah. But you're coming here saying, Lord... I realize that I've been running on empty and I need to get back to that place of fullness, to that place where I'm once again under, you know, on fire for God, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, filled, filled so I can overflow. Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, full, full in Jesus' name. There is a place of fullness. There is a place of fullness. Lord, I call. I call a caravan and a heaviness to be broken over him. I call a heaviness to be broken over him. Free. Free in Jesus' name. Oh, he is 